Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from people in our community. These successful neighbors of ours will share their real-life philosophies and solutions for success to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. And our guest today is the owner of Breeders Poultry Belts. He's also the owner of Palmetto Threads and Fabrics, former president of Rotary Club of North Myrtle Beach. He is an executive program leader with the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. He's also a close friend of mine. In fact, he's closer than a friend. He is my brother-in-law, Gary Gaffney. Welcome to the show, Gary. Well, thank you. I've uh, been looking forward to being on your show here, and I, I think you've got a, a great idea for a podcast. Well, appreciate it, man. I appreciate it very much. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in. You've got a very interesting story of success, Gary. So why don't you start by kind of sharing your uh, a little bit about you, and then where how you've gotten where you're where you are from where you came. Okay, uh, so basically, um, uh, I live here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, with uh, my wife Amy, your sister, and <laughs> right. We have a. a a 20-year-old daughter and 11-year-old twin boys. So uh, when you talk about stories of success, um, sometimes it's a, a story of just continuing to keep going and finding new ways. And that probably um, is a good part of my life as far as not just in uh, business, uh, but also in you know, personal development and growth uh, and that uh, sort of thing. If you just want to go from the beginning, um, yeah, I was one of the, I was one of those guys that um, achieved very well in high school. Uh, was always a working uh, person, uh, and then I went on to college and got an eight and a half year uh, bachelor's degree. <laughs> That's great. Uh, that shows that you're you're double successful than everyone else, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I decided to enjoy my time in college a little too long. <laughs> Uh, but after getting out, um, and my, my major was hotel, restaurant, and tourism, um, worked for uh, large corporations and some smaller businesses, um, and I just found myself uh, not being um, happy personally working um, in the corporate world. Uh, my father had uh, been an entrepreneur for about 15 years, and um, seeing what he did um, inspired me, also worked all throughout high school and some other places for, for entrepreneurs. And so I uh, decided to launch out on my own and I uh, restarted a little agricultural company that uh, was doing $17,000 a year in sales at the time. And this is in 1997. Yeah. And then went on and just with not a whole lot of guidance, learned the principles of business. And uh, we built that up to, a business that was um, within about three years, about 600,000 plus in sales. Wow. And then, um, then we took, uh, took over uh, with Palmetto Threads and Fabrics and um, built that business up. About 2014, I decided after um, lots of reading and praying and just being inspired by great leaders like John Maxwell and uh, Zig Ziglar and um, – uh, Ken Blanchard, um, that I could take some of my experience and some of their knowledge and knowledge from others and start helping 
entrepreneurs and uh, people to to grow fully in, in their own purpose and, and yeah. have their own yes so so what's very interesting Gary is you uh, you said that at one point you got kind of weren't happy working in the corporate world and you decided to make the jump into owning your own business being an entrepreneur what what was the impetus or, or what can because uh, there's a lot of people I believe that want to be their own boss that want to start their own thing um, but there's something holding them back and they need to be able to break through that uh, whether it be to give them courage or give them some kind of I, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that are holding people back. First of all, what do you think that thing was that was holding you back to begin with? And then how did you conquer that? How did you take that plunge to jump into being your own boss? So I think for me, it really was just, I think what was holding me back was I wasn't seeing anything differently. I had gone the, the taking the formula of graduating college um, I was working at the time with Marriott Management Services and mm-hmm. just being completely unhappy in that. Yeah. But I, what's kind of weird is this is kind of an entrepreneurial story on its own. And this is really what started changing things for me. I had two friends uh, living in Columbia at the time and they had gone to, to work and live in New York City. And these people uh, later became well accomplished, but at that time weren't particularly accomplished. And I thought, well, if these two people can go to New York City, then I can. It's, it's time <laughs> for me. To, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's time for me to get out and go go see something different. And so That's what awesome. I did, and this is about as in a way as entrepreneurial as you can get, is I I got a Greyhound bus ticket and two hundred twenty seven dollars, and I went to New York City with no job. Wow. So uh, fortunately, I did have a, a sofa to sleep on with friends, but it started getting me out of the comfort zone and being willing to take a chance. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. It's sometimes it's funny that uh, having almost too much information can keep people from doing something. Whereas you look at these people who seem to just jump right into success and they not not to bash them, but they may not be the smartest individuals. They aren't the A students but they just didn't know any better. They didn't know that they couldn't, that they could fail. And so that kind of inspired you to jump out on and, uh, and do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that, and correct me that, if I'm wrong in that story, but that's, that seems to be what I'm hearing. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, I was just, you know, well, and part, part of it too, is we all sit in this, you know, daily grind and we never, you know, if we don't try some different things, we don't see anything different. Mm. So, how you know, how can I find an opportunity if I'm not, you know, having new experiences, going new places, having conversations with people that I've not never talked with before? And, you know, in getting out of that comfort zone, that's where the, those success opportunities really lie. That's and, awesome. And that's why a lot of people are unsuccessful because they just keep, you know, for the old saying, doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result. Mm. But you You've got to get out and see new things, hear new things. Um, right now with the internet, there's more things out there than you can ever imagine. Right. In all of our communities here in South Carolina, there's opportunities to go to conferences and um, use the universities and and just go have go talk with people. You know. Um, right. And use, I feel like I feel like one of the issues nowadays, Gary, isn't that there's so many that there's not enough things to do. It's that there's so many things to do. 
and these and and the people in the community don't know what to do or or like you said they've kind of gotten to a groove into a comfort uh napoleon hill in one of his books calls it drifting and uh how so so i guess our our podcast is success in south carolina and you're saying one of part of your success story is getting out of south carolina (laughs) and going going to new york but but really it's not about new york it was about it was about jumping out and doing something different yeah exactly and what was interesting the next year i decided to go out and work at glacier national park in montana um and i drove a real beater all all the way across the country um just had enough money to stay in some cheap motels along the way but it was one of the greatest experiences of my life and you talk about seeing something different um and so after doing those two things that people never thought i could do yeah um then that starts fostering belief in yourself so if i'm going mm. to go start something new if you don't believe in yourself um no matter what the opportunity is if you don't have that faith and belief chances of success are very slim right belief in yourself is huge how do you how do you get that belief is it something you have to go out there and try new things because trying new things sometimes you fail at those things right oh yeah i failed quite often <laughs> so how do you how do you foster belief when you're failing well we've all had successes and we've all had failures right you know the the, the key is when you are kind of getting down is you got to go back and look at your successes. If you need to write them down, journaling is a great way. Um, uh, you can go back and find out a success that you had and, um, and found out what was the secret to that particular incident. Was it the people mm-hmm. that came along with you? Or is it something unique or, you know, ingenuitive that you did? Um, but if you go back and you look at that, then you start saying, you know, I can do this. I, yeah. I can you know, I connect with people or whatever right. that is, is I can do this. Right. Uh, if you sit and, and just think about yesterday's failure and then you just live in that for day after day, then week after week, your belief window starts getting really small. Right. And isn't part of the equation also uh, maybe someone's philosophy about failure in and of itself, that failure, they everyone thinks and we're taught growing up failure is a bad thing. So if we fail at something, that's when our belief in ourselves goes down because we've been taught since we were kids. You get it, you fail, you get an F and that's a bad mm-hmm. thing. Whereas uh, maybe the truth is that failure is uh, kind of a key ingredient to success. Oh, I think failure, I think any successful person you talk to, failure has been one of the greatest keys of their success. Right, right. Uh, and I think for if you talk to someone who is living a dissatisfied life, Failure is a big key to that too, but they're right. they're focusing on failure in the in the wrong way. Right. So it's not about the failure in and of itself. It's about someone's perspective or philosophy about the failure. Correct. Correct. Wow, that's good. I like that, Gary. Um, very interesting. Very interesting take. So, what are some of the failures you've had along the way? What are some uh, mistakes maybe you've made, and uh, would you? change any of them going back or is there you feel like that the lesson you learned from them was worth the price of the mistake well i'm a person that never believes i'd want to go back and change anything because then that would to me it would change the outcomes that i have and sure we've uh, seen too many time travel movies exactly i wouldn't trade my family or (laughs) right where i live and my friends and all those things uh, for any of the 
pain that you may experience from some of the failures. Right. Um, I mean, one one time I started a restaurant uh, in uh, Easley, South Carolina, and Easley had no fine dining restaurant. And um, at the time, uh, we had just sold one of our textile companies, and uh, I always still had a heart for the restaurant industry. So we uh, we built a beautiful um, fifty five seat. Uh, fine dining restaurant in the heart of downtown Easley, which was going through a revitalization. Right. And in a sense, you could say it was a failure in the fact that um, we never made any, I never really made any money on it. I didn't lose any particular large amount of money, but, um, but we added immense value to the community. Um, we gave it a place where, you know, the local uh, leaders would come in and just uh, it was just a place that was nothing like they had there before. Yeah. Um, and so we won awards going uh, even going up against some of the larger restaurants in the neighboring town. And and then I, but I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot about, you know, who really is going to watch over your business and right. Countless other things. I mean, so many great lessons came out of that. Right. And and also easily is now uh, one of the up and coming areas in South Carolina. And I I, I believe that maybe your restaurant had a, a small part to play in that, even though like well, you said, you look, you never made a lot of money. Yeah. Well, when you look at any town when they're trying to bring in corporations, having the quality of life is very important. Mm -hmm. And whenever they were courting new businesses uh, to come right. into the area. Um, they would always bring them to dinner at our restaurant. Because right. They wanted to show the executives and all that, hey, there is a nice place to go. Uh, so, our, our again, our podcast is Success in South Carolina. Everyone, I feel like a lot of people define success in different ways, Gary. How do you define success and what does success mean to you? So that's that's always an interesting question. And I think everyone has to define success for themselves. Uh, John Maxwell says that uh, success is knowing your purpose in life, growing to reach your maximum potential, and then sowing seeds that benefit others. That's awesome. I've always liked, yeah, I've always liked that definition. Um, success should never be a feeling. Um, if you're, you know, if you're, basing your life on, on the feeling of whether you're successful or not. It should not necessarily be uh, strictly dollars or possessions. Right. Um, but it's, it's being true to yourself. And if you're a person of faith, being true to your faith and it's, um, you know, it's knowing that you've done your best uh, with your family, your work, um, the opportunities that have been given you. And if you know you've given your best, then you've, done your best for success. That's great. And so you said success should not be a feeling, should not be tied to uh, money or, or, or things like this. Why do you say that? Well, that's for me. Now, someone else may decide that they feel success is money, but I've also known many people that monetarily have been very successful, but you'd find this too with folks who haven't been monetarily successful and they're sure. unhappy. They, they're right. Or they're living a life that's um, just a, a poorly lived life. Um, their character is not very good, but that's not true for every, for everyone that's successful monetarily. Right. You know, I mean, 
there's most of the people that are very successful monetarily are also great people. Right. Um, so it's, but, but for somebody that might be what their success is, um, mm. for somebody that their success is being able to pour into the community and being able to add as much value to the community as possible. Um, so again, each person, you know, needs to kind of come up with their own formula right? Uh, for, for what they feel success is because I can't, I really cannot tell Jonathan Peoples what success should be for him. Okay. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. I think success is, but, uh, but in the end, based on his value system, his personality style, um, all the things that he desires, um, I think that is what, where he creates his own, it's, it's the philosophy, like you said, it's the worldview of what right. they feel success is. Right. And if you ask a hundred people, you'd get a hundred different definitions of success. Um, yeah. It, but if, if a listener, someone here that's, that's listening today, wanted to accomplish success in some of the same areas that you have, what, what do you feel like are a couple of key pieces of advice you'd give them? Any, any pitfalls they might, might, they might need to avoid or journeys that they need to embrace or just generic uh, success principles that you think that, that they should follow? Well, I think number one is you got to get in the game. So one of the things I put, um, I challenge sometimes the definition of an definition of an entrepreneur. Many of us think of an entrepreneur as someone who um, has taken, you know, started a, a restaurant or a, you know, mm -hmm. tool and die business, whatever you want to uh, computer business, software company, traditional business or something, right? Yeah. Or, or something unique, but they, yeah. but they take a business, they take an idea, they take an opportunity and then they, they grow it. And that, that, and that's, that is an entrepreneur, but also they're, you know, on this podcast, you're speaking to people who work for corporations. Sure. And to me, an, an entrepreneur is somebody that uses all the resources that are available to them. Right to maximize their opportunities in, in the marketplace or within their own company. Okay. Because we, all, we all have the same, um, we all have the same resources available to us uh, as entrepreneurs. We all have the same things we can learn, the tools we can use, but it's not, it's, it's taking the resources you have available to you and then building on that. So if, if you're giving somebody some ideas about how to be successful, it's, get out in the marketplace, get out there and find out what's going on, find out what the opportunities are, find out what your resources are, find out what your, the people resources, the folks that you know, uh, monetary resources if you need, um, uh, whatever the different resources you have available to you, it's getting out there and then, and then you're going to build your success off of that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. What are, what are some other generic? Um, so that's, that's kind of what it is to be an entrepreneur. What about your yeah. success principles in general? Well, num number one, don't give up. Um, when you start that dream, you're going to hit obstacles. Uh, mm. You're going to, you're going to get into that self doubt and um, have pity parties sometimes. And it's okay to have a pity party sometimes. Just don't right. have a, long, don't have a long pity party. Right. 
I love uh, there's a there's a poem that talks about it's not how many times you're knocked down, but how many times you get get back up that makes the difference between success and failure. Well, and, and I'll tell you, uh, this is this is a story that some people think is funny. This is an analogy I, I always think about with pity parties. So babies, when you're potty training, there are two kinds of babies. Uh-huh. There's one baby that, that's going to be willing to sit in, in a loaded diaper until they have diaper rash and everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's, the, then there's the baby that's going to be very uncomfortable in it. And you're going to, tr- you're going to potty train them really fast. Yeah. So, so as people, you know, like I said, it's okay to have a pity party. If you have a failure today, have your pity party tonight. But when you get up tomorrow morning, it's a new day and, and mm. you don't need to be sitting in that pity party. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, so don't don't sit in your uh, poopy diapers. It's, exactly. Uh, don't get comfortable in those. I get it. I as uh, gr- as a kid growing up in the '90s, I love this Chumbawamba song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to yeah. keep me down. Uh, yep. So that was one of that <laughs> was one of the things we shouted out all the time. Uh, but that's awesome. But You're I, great. I love it. Persistence, persistence, and getting back up is one of the keys to success for Gary. What what else? Uh, be patient. Um, a lot of things are not going to happen overnight for you. Um, mm. So um, you've got to get out there and be aggressive, but you also have to learn to be patient. Um, you may be trying to contact certain people or do certain things, but not everybody's working just on your success um, timeline. Yeah. So you have, to, you have to wait for some of those things to come into place. And um, so I think being patient. I feel like me growing up, Gary, and I, I apologize for continuing to interrupt you. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I need more patience. <laughs> but I feel like patience was a bad word for me growing up. Uh, I I wasn't taught uh, that patience was a good thing. In fact, one of my mottos was, "I don't ha- patience is a virtue I don't have enough time for." Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like it, as an adult, something that I've that I've learned about patience, I I believe a better word for it for me, maybe not for everybody, but for me, I like the word endurance. Because yeah, I feel like I've got, I feel like I've got a lot of endurance. Do you feel like that those two things kind of have a little bit of uh, similarities, patience and endurance? Yeah, I think they they can lead into another. You know, you you by being patient, you can have endurance. If you're impatient, you know, let's say you're trying to start something new, you hit a couple of roadblocks, um, that's not happening on your timeline, then you just kind of uh, you end up giving up, going right. back to the giving up part. That you're you're not understanding that there's a and and, and also understand that within that patience, there's a maturation process for you as a as a person, um, uh, to make to learn. And that and as you continue in business, you you're going to learn that sometimes things don't happen overnight. So, this is great. So we've got. A lot of uh, alliteration. We've got patience. We've got persistence. Uh, what else? I interrupted you while you were in your flow. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to keep going that, well, then I would say pivot. Pivot. Yeah. So in, in business and in life, things change, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need you need to learn to pivot at the right time. You know, you don't need to do it too early, but you don't need to be doing it too late where you're you're on the back end of it. Um, but because with the speed of change now is so incredible that you can't even imagine. Um, and so 
if we're not knowing that things are going to change um, in, in your industry, in your business, uh, sometimes in your personal life, uh, then then you're not going to understand that. When am I going to looking for these pivot points? Is it mm. the time to pivot now? I'll give you an example. We have uh, within Breeders Poultry Belts, we had a manufacturer um, that uh, was a longtime family manufacturing business, but they had no um, nowhere to go into that third generation or fourth generation to keep the business alive. Mm. They were one of our main manufacturers. Um, In fact, at one point, they were the only one. Right. But I started seeing the writing on the wall that at some point over a five to seven year period, they were going to uh, close the doors because it probably wasn't an attractive enough business for them to get bought out. Gotcha. Um, So then at that point, we started finding alternative vendors. and fortunately, we were able to do that. So in January of this year, when that company did finally close its doors, um, we were able to get most of our manufacturing done from those folks that we had already started in the mm. previous few years. Right. So instead of being in denial, uh, uh, I, I love the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. Uh, where, where he talks about the rat in the maze and then they move the cheese. Uh, a very good book. I think people should read it if they haven't. But, uh, but I love that being able to accept where you're at. You know what? Every now and then obstacles get thrown at us in life. Sometimes it's not of our own design. Sometimes it's not our fault, but things happen. No one wanted COVID to happen. No one wanted, no one wished for any, well, maybe there were, I'm not a conspiracy theory. Maybe there were people out there who wanted it, but uh, I feel like most of the population, it happened to us, but, and, and a lot of things in life happen to us and we just have to figure out, okay, I need to accept this and then figure out what can I do to make it better. And that's what right. you're talking about when you say pivot. Am I, am I reading that right? Yeah. And, and, you know, understanding that, um, th- and a, there's a very good chance and the old model of somebody starting working for a corporation and working, they, they may do that for 60 years, but they're going to have to learn to pivot and go to different roles within the organization because right. their department, you know, the, what they do because of what's happening with computers or whatever else is going to change their industry is going to get yeah. disrupted. And so what are your skills that you can go and do something else? Understanding yeah. that, you know, and you don't have to be ready today, but if you start seeing some changes, keeping your eyes open, seeing what's going on within your own uh, business or your own industry um, and not putting blinders on, then you, you're going to see that, Hey, things are starting to change. What do I need to do to be ready um, when the inevitable comes or it may never come. And now I have all these new skills where I can use it within what, I, what I'm already doing. Right. I love it. So patience, persistence, pivot. I love it. I feel like a lot of uh, small businesses could benefit from your coaching, Gary. And where, where would they go to if they wanted to contact you? Uh, they can contact me, uh, email at Gary Gaffney coaching at gmail.com and that's G-A-R-Y-G-A-F-F-N-E-Y coaching at gmail.com. Website is uh, barefootleaders.com. Say that again. I think there was a, I think there was a little hiccup in our microphones. Did you say barefootleaders.com? Barefootleaders.com. Okay. Or if they, 
like be old school like me and want to pick up the phone, it's 864-385-4018. Thank you, Gary Gaffney, for bringing us your story and sharing your principles of persistence, patience, and the ability to pivot. For those that had ears to hear, this interview was packed with principles of success. All right, listeners, let's get out there and make our world, our country, and our state a better place. When you succeed, we all succeed. And as always, this is your reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over.